Hi, and welcome to Inglewood Presbyterian Church in Kirkland, Washington. We are a church for the neighborhood, whether you're a local neighbor or from far away, all are welcome here. We are pleased to present to you our weekly Sunday sermons. Our head pastor is James Cuman, and you can find more information about us on our website at inglewoodpc.org. Scripture comes from John 16, 4 through 15. I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. None of you ask me, Where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send you to him. I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. For when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own, he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is to come. He will glorify me because it, is, because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said, the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, I'm James Carney, or I like to say around you guys, the other James K. I'll be sharing the word with you today. Uh, let us pray. Lord, thank you for this day, and Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak through me and speak to our hearts that we might truly know the truth and uh, be set free. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're talking today about the Holy Spirit again. This is part of a two-part series that I'm in for talking about the Holy Spirit. Today we're going to be talking about conviction uh, and in particular about the voices that are going on inside our head, how to make sense of them, and how to identify the Holy Spirit. So, I remember back in the day, uh, I was living in Ballard, and I saw this car, and it had a bumper sticker, and it said, I break for hallucinations. <laughs> and I thought, oh, man, that's, I'm, I don't know if I want to follow too closely behind that guy. Uh, but it was making fun of a whole series of bumper stickers, which is I break for animals, I break for squirrels, I break for whales, I break for pizzas, you know, it just became this whole thing. But it drew attention to the fact that we have all these thoughts going on through our head. Um, and uh, not all of them uh, are us. Uh, so what's going on inside your head right now? What is, what are you thinking? What's, what's happening up in there? What do you think's going on? Uh, what are those voices prompting you to do? And where do you think those voices are coming from? What is the source? Is it all you? You picking up voices from somewhere else? 
and if so, what are those sources and how can we identify them? That's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. So our scripture today, which we just heard, is another section for Jesus' final words to his disciples at the Last Supper. And let's see what light they can shine on the, the jumble going on inside our heads, especially if we're going to identify the voice of the Holy Spirit. All right. So Jesus says, um, Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. All right, so who is this counselor? He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, and he promises that the Holy Spirit will do a number of things. That he will convict um, the world in terms of... of uh, uh, the world in terms of guilt, uh, in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. And he also says that uh, the Spirit of Truth will come and guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. So the Holy Spirit is going to be uh, speaking to us. Um, he'll communicate to us. And, and how does that happen? Uh, well, it's a number of ways. He can talk through circumstances, through others, through Scripture, through sermons. Uh, sometimes it's directly with an audible voice. But most often, the Holy Spirit speaks to us, to our spirits. The Holy Spirit speaks to our spirits. So we hear those voices in our heads. We hear that in our hearts. It could be thoughts, promptings, nudgings, pictures, sometimes even visions. So, is that hard for you to believe? If so, you're not alone. Uh, we're surrounded with this, a culture which is skeptical of the spiritual world. Um, our secular world is very comfortable with material things, things that we can uh, see and taste and touch, uh, we can demonstrate, things that can be demonstrated through science. You can't do that with the spiritual world, and therefore it's regarded as a little suspect. Um, in fact, uh, uh, there was even, um, uh, there was a, some newscaster, it was about six months ago, that, that talked about that people that hear from God are mentally ill. Uh, but the Bible uh, says differently. It says from Genesis to Revelation that God is a talkative God and he wishes to talk to us. You know, from Adam and Eve in the garden all the way down to Revelation when he spoke to John with that great vision. All the way through. And in our passage today, Jesus clarifies this communication. He says that the Holy Spirit will speak to us. So how does that work? How does the Holy Spirit speak to us? Well, think of the Trinity geographically. So up in heaven, you have the Father sitting on the throne of, of heaven. And then next to him, you have Jesus. And Jesus is, uh, what's interesting, he's still in his resurrection body. So he's up there. He's not here. So when we say that Jesus is in our heart, actually what, we're say, what we mean, or actually what's going on, it is the Holy Spirit who is in our heart. Okay? And that is not just the Spirit of God, that is the actual person of God. The third person of God who has um, thoughts and personality and uh, uh, has a will, emotions, uh, all of that. And so we have Jesus and the Father up in the throne of heaven. And the Holy Spirit's there too because the Holy Spirit is God all over the place. Here, there, far reaches of space. And Jesus and the Father will let the Holy Spirit know what they wish to communicate to us. And the Holy Spirit will take those words and then speak to them in the depth of our hearts. So we're hearing from Jesus, we're hearing from the Father, and it is the Holy Spirit. Okay? And he speaks to us. 
Um, so the question is, uh, do we listen? Um, or my reference to my question earlier, in the welter of everything going on in our heads, how do we recognize the voice of the Spirit? Okay, so let's do a little, little, clarity, little clarity. We've talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit speaks to us, speaks to our hearts, but that's not the only thing that's going on inside our head. Inside our head, there's, there's the voices, promptings, the stuff. There's, there's basically three sources. Um, and the first is, of course, God, the Holy Spirit, uh, or messages from God, because angels can speak to us as well. Uh, but the second is us, that it is us talking. Um, there's us going on with stuff inside our head. And the third is the devil. The devil then is also speaking to us um, inside our head. Now, some of you might be thinking at this point, okay, no, wait a minute, okay, I'm, I, I guess I'm on board with God speaking to us, but the devil, I mean, really? I mean, it really is a devil who is talking to us? Uh, if you're skeptical, again, that's not something coming from Scripture, that's something coming from the culture around us, uh, where the secular culture declares that the devil is a pre-scientific myth created by man to scare and subjugate others. Jesus knew the devil. He interacted with the devil. He talked with the devil. Um, he fought with him. He called the devil a liar and the father of lies. But how could the devil be a liar if he wasn't speaking? And isn't the devil's primary audience us, the children of God? You see, if you want to hurt the father who he hates, the best way is to get at us, his children. One, because we're vulnerable and God the Father is not. But he, So the devil speaks to us. In order, and he speaks lies to us because he's he's trying to corrupt us. Um, he's trying to destroy us. It began with a snake in the garden, all the way down to this day. Um, scripture says the devil is a roaring lion, prowling around seeking someone to devour. Paul talked about the apostle Paul talked about the doctrine of devils. Uh, well, how do these doctrines or teachings of the devil come to us unless the devil speaks to us? Uh, Paul talks about leaders in the church who listen to the devil's lies and then think that they're truth, think that they're God, and then begin speaking these corrupt doctrines to the church. That's how heresy begins. Uh, but if we think about who the devil is, it actually makes sense too, because the devil is a fallen angel. They're all angels that have been corrupted. And angels are messengers from God. That's where we get the word angel, angelos, which means messenger. So if angels deliver messages from God, our Father, to us, then devil uh, are messengers that bring messages from Satan to us. All right? So these voices in our head, they come from th three sources, us, God, and the devil. Um, another way, to, a helpful way to think about it is that old picture of having a, an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other, and they're trying to convince us in the middle of what to do when it comes to a decision. They're competing with us. Um, and we're this complicated mix because, you see, we are recovering sinners. We're recovering skeptics. We are... We have been corrupted by original sin, and therefore we are on board with the devil because, and on board with the fallen world systems because they make sense to us because our flesh resonates with them. And by flesh, I don't mean our, our physical body. I mean the part of us that is corrupt. We, that's primarily the spirit, but also the physical to some extent as well. But we follow that. But then when Jesus comes in, when the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts and begins to convince us that these are lies, 
and that the Bible is true and that the gospel is true, then suddenly, and we say yes to Jesus, well, what happens is that our spirit goes from death to life, but our soul is still in process of being transformed from the old ways to the new ways, from the ways of the corruption to the ways of holiness, the ways of lies to the ways of truth. And so we are divided, and that's why this is very much a battle going on, because our hearts are divided. Part of us want to go with the devil and the world. Part of us want to go with God and the church and Jesus. Um, so the Holy Spirit is prompting us to follow the way of Jesus. He speaks to us, he prompts us, he gives us nudges to obey Jesus and, and tells us how we can do that, how to follow his example. And if we pay attention and, and say yes to those promptings, we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. It's the promise of Jesus. However, the devil has a goad and he wants us to follow his crooked path, to rebel against God, to follow our own sinful desires to say yes to these sinful compulsions. And when we do, there's this thrill that sin brings. And then, bam, there's bondage. It's like a, it's like a, like a mouse that suddenly finds this piece of cheese and goes, I can't believe there's a piece of cheese. Who would put a piece of cheese over here? And he goes up and he takes a bite and he goes, oh, that cheese is so good. And then, bam, here comes the trap right on top of him. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. So, have you been like that mouse? Have you gone after the cheese of sin and are trapped? So when this happens, now what? Now, this is where we get to how the Holy Spirit works to free us. And he does this with conviction. He does it with this voice of conviction. Uh, Jesus said, when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because men have not believed in me, in regard to righteousness, because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. In regard to judgment, because of the prince of this world now stands condemned. The Holy Spirit convicts. The Greek word means to bring to light, to demonstrate, to reprove or to correct. The Holy Spirit is always loving. So he, convic he convicts us of guilt in regard to sin and hope that we will recognize the mess that we're in and that it is a mess, that we have fallen short of the glory of God because that is what we were created to reflect was the glory of God. And this conviction of sin is saying, you've fallen. Why have you done that? You're supposed, you're a child of God. You're supposed to reflect his glory. What are you doing here? And then when we realize that, when he's convicted us of a guilt in regard to sin, then he convicts us of righteous, righteousness. Look to Jesus who's up in heaven. Jesus is the measure of righteousness. That is how you should be patterning your life is after Jesus. So then, and then not just that, but the righteousness that Jesus bought us on the cross so that we can again ask for forgiveness and be washed clean of, the, of our sin and then we can begin walking uh, with Jesus again. And then finally, he convicts us in regards to um, uh, judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. So we can have hope for the future because the one who tempted us, the one who, uh, in, in, that we followed into sin, um, his end, his doom is sure. His end is coming. And there's coming a time where there'll be no more temptation like that. There'll be no more of this guy trying to pull us into the swamp. And so we can say, you know what, I'm struggling with sin now. It's not always going to be that way. So we can have hope for the future.
Um, so conviction, it brings truth to light. The Holy Spirit knows us completely. The Holy Spirit knows the Father's intentions for his, our lives. The Holy Spirit loves us. Therefore, when he sees us getting stuck in sin, listening to lies, he brings conviction. He reminds us of the truth of God, the truth of ourselves. In essence, he reproves us of sin, saying again, what are you doing? You're better than this. Remember who you are. Come to Jesus, confess your sin, get washed clean, and get on with the things for which you were created. The devil, though, he counterfeits the voice of the Holy Spirit and twists conviction into condemnation. The devil looks at us committing sin and condemns us to the penalty of sin, death. He uses our sinful nature as proof that we are worthy of punishment. Further, the devil uses our sin to declare a false identity. If we cheat, he says, you are a cheater. If we lie, he says, you're a liar. If we lust, he says, you're a pervert. If we fail, he says, you're a failure. That's who you are. That's condemnation. It's a powerful weapon, but it only has power if we believe it. Because you see, if we have come to Jesus, if we have passed, we've passed from death to life, our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. For the one who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. Yes, we sin. But Jesus has taken the doom we earned, the death we deserve, the condemnation for our actions on himself so that we could receive eternal life and freedom. So, what's going on inside your head right now? What voices are prompting you? What are you hearing or experiencing? If that voice in your head is condemning you, working to convince you of what a miserable, worthless sinner you are, how you are a failure and should just give up, uh, that's either the voice of the devil or a fallen part of you that has been well-trained by the world and by the devil. Say no to that voice. Say, you're a lie. No. In the name of Jesus, stop it. Be quiet. If the voice in your head affirms your identity as a child of God or the truth of Scripture, if it is loving, even though it's challenging, it might well be the Holy Spirit. At the very least, it's that voice of conscience that is given to you by God. Say yes to that voice and walk to freedom. There's a war going on inside our heads. Pay attention to, our th to your thoughts. The world, the flesh, and the devil speak lies. However, these lies have no power unless we believe them, unless we agree with them unless we act on them. Conversely, the Holy Spirit is present uh, in our hearts, sent by Jesus and speaking every day, convicting us of the truth, the truth of Scripture, the truth of how God created us, how he created the world. And Jesus sent him to counsel us in the everyday jumble of events and challenges to lead us out of the tangle of sin and into the freedom of God's good kingdom, into the lives that we were created for. Please pray with me. Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. Thank you for taking the condemnation that we deserve so that now we can receive the gift that you earned for us. Thank you for grace, this unmerited favor, which we now, uh, uh, is a reality, it's a gift. We say no now to any voices condemning us in the head, in our heads, we say no to those lies, and we thank you that the prince of this world stands condemned, his doom is sure, and that if we cling to you, 
that way to heaven is secure as well. I ask a blessing on us and on our family and on the Church of Inglewood Presbyterian Church that it might be a beacon of truth and hope for us, for our families, for our neighborhoods. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. God bless you.